Thanks for listening to this sermon from the Image Church. Find out more about us and our weekly services at imagejesus.com. So basically is this right here. Um, man, prayer is just extremely vast or whatever, right? When you open up the Bible, if you do a search on prayer or even verses on prayer, it's absolutely crazy how much stuff is going to come up. And so um, for me, um, when I was coming into this sermon, I was like, man, what, what angle do I want to hit this? Uh, I think the obvious route to hit for me personally was um, I, I, wanted to, I, I wanted by the end of this sermon, you'd be, you, you be in a place where you're like, how crazy am I not to be praying, right? And so I just went through a situation where, um, you know, in the past two weeks or so, I've been praying a lot, a lot more than I did throughout 2016. And, 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 um, and what actually brought me to that was this right here. We were doing a staff survey. And when we're doing this, the survey, basically, you, you grade yourself or whatever, right? So it goes into, like, um, spirituality or whatever. It's like, you, you know, like your, your intellectual time. What are you feeding your brain with? Um, 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 are you praying? It goes into, you know, your job. How are you doing in your marriage? How are you doing with parenting? And you have to grade yourself on the stuff, right? So when I did this survey, what was obvious to me was, number one, I was looking real pitiful with my time with God, right? So, you know, I wake up every day. I have a, a Franklin Covey planner. I usually, the night before, I write down what I'm going to do every day so I can wake up running, right? When I did the survey, I was just like, why is spending time with God never on my planner? It's basically like something I do. Like, it's like I fit it in when it seems convenient to, to fit it in, which normally, because I'm trying to conquer the world and get my list knocked out, it doesn't seem to fit in there. And so, when I looked at that, I also looked at all the other things in my life or whatever that I want to improve in with my parenting and different things. And one thing that was obvious to me also was the neglect of this time in prayer and spending time with God was having a lot of negative effects on all the other areas of my life. Right. So none of those areas, I couldn't work hard at those to improve my spiritual life, but my spiritual life, my time with God, praying, coming for the father, reading his word, meditating on his word could have a huge impact on how those increase. Right. And so in the past couple of weeks, I've been putting it to practice, right? And um, it, I've been putting it to practice, and the results have been absolutely crazy. And it's not that some of the storms that get caught up in life haven't disappeared. It's just the fact that, man, God is just, through this time I'm spending with him, is just looking really, really big, right? There's a rapper by the name of Bizzle, and he has a line in one of his rhymes. Who knows who Bizzle is? Okay, hot dog. There you go. All right, so Bizzle, right? He says in this one, one rhyme, he says, Anybody who's switch over to rap um, articulation mode in your brain, all right? So it's, all right, anyway. So it says, wake up, I lay my feet to the pavement running at 100, and I ain't reading and I'm not praying. Needs of my seeds got me so anxious, people, peeps are telling me how I need more patience. So basically he's saying to Rhyme, he's saying, man, I wake up, and the first thing I do is hit the pavement and I'm running, right? He said, I'm not reading and I'm not praying. And my concerns of my day just have me so anxious and I have no patience, right? That's us. Does anybody, does anybody battle with that in here? We battle with that every day, right? I thought he said that well or whatever. But, you know, when I, looked, when I did this survey, what was obvious to me was how costly, how costly the neglect of this time with God was, right? How costly not praying was. And it, it, it was so significant, it was horrifying to me where it was like, this can't happen. And not only was it hurting myself, it was hurting my family, and it was also hurting the church. 
And that, 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 I was like, this can't be. So I had to do some repentance involved and everything. And so it made me jump in the word. So one of the things I've been seeing since I've been doing that is this right here. Just some of the points that have been coming from that is that um, it, it's just put a whole different change on my perspective about stuff, right? Um, it, like hope is big and the lie seems small. The enemy still comes with all this stuff, but it just seems tiny, right? And another thing that's been absolutely great is, is it keeps me in awe of God. So I'm walking around every day and I'm just kind of like I'm meditating on his word and I'm going like, man, God, you're so amazing. That blocks out a lot of junk, blocks out a lot of junk. You know what I'm saying? And um, and another thing, too, it's it's been really giving me um, as I'm seeing God, I'm seeing myself and who I am in Christ. You get me? So it's like when the enemy's kind of like pulling you towards foolishness, it's kind of like I really don't got time for that. That's not who I am. You know what I'm saying? So that time has been really, really great. And I just wanted to testify to you in that or whatever, like what it's been doing for me. But the scripture we're going to get into today is Psalms 1. Um, Psalms 1, 1 through 4 is what we're going to be doing. All right. And like I said, saying just a minute ago, my intent is that you will leave out of here saying, I must be out of my mind not to spend time with God. Um, I just want to read a scripture to you real quick. It's not going to be on the screen but I just want to read it to you. Hebrews 4 says this right here, 4, uh, verse 15. It says, For we do, not have a, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who is in every aspect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Right? I'm reading this scripture and I'm thinking to myself, so you're telling me we have Jesus who has been through all the temptations we've been through, everything that, that's hitting us in, in our face in life that seems so big sometimes. He's been through that, overcame it on our behalf, right? And we're actually going to walk out here like we think we're going to win it and not go into his presence, not spend time with him. Do you get where I'm coming from? So like when I'm reading this, I'm like, this is absolutely crazy. We have access to go into the throne room of God and spend time with him. And he's already done. He's already beat all of the stuff we're facing. Who else do I want to sit in front of? Right. So this is my impression going into this. Right. I have to be crazy to be neglecting this time with God. So Psalms one. Let me just read this first verse. Psalms one. Blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of the wicked. Oh, excuse me. Blessed is the man. Sorry, Lord, forgive me. Don't send no lightning, whatever down. Uh, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Right. So let me ask y'all this real quick. I want y'all to scream this out. And men, if you don't say something, I'm going to ask your wives and I'm going to let them embarrass you. What takes your time every day? Like what, what, what eats up your time? Like if there's something you do in your life that you're like, this is just like, a wasteless use of time. It's not productive, and I spend so much time. Like, name, yell something out that you do. Man, this side is weak over here. Come on, man. Melissa said cooking and dishes. I don't know about if that works. But... I did hear, I did hear Facebook, TV, video games, all of that, right? So in my house lately, right, 
and in my house also in like church, like a lot of us on the staff and everything, but I've been on a rampage in my crib and my wife has been on a rampage on me, but I haven't been hearing her. But now that I finally got it, <laughs> now, now that I finally got it, now I'm flipping on her like, yo, why are you always on your phone? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she's, been, she's been saying that to me for like the last four years. I ain't heard it at all, whatever, right? But now I'm getting all extra holy on it, right? But the thing is this right here, right? So what I realized when, when, when God started pushing on my heart about, about neglecting time with him, I realized, you know, in my mind, I could easily say, yo, God, I'm crazy busy. I got all this stuff going on. It's hard to find time. And, and I think I tried to pull that number on him, but he's like, nah, homie, come on, man. You just spent three hours looking at Instagram, like people in a whole nother place you don't even know. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, Monty doesn't want me to... Um, she probably don't want me to tell this or whatever, but the other day I went in her room and when I walked in there, like she was looking at her phone and she was like, yo, look at this dog, what this dog could do. I was like, get that crap out of my face, man. Like, you know, and, and so, you know, and because I was like mad, I was on my self-righteous thing, but I was just like, what? Like, you, like we, that's not even your dog, man. Like, where does this dog even live? Like, but we're giving mad time to this thing. We, we, we need deep. She's just like, and I'm just, I couldn't fathom that she was in her room just chilling. Even though I was in the room 10 minutes before that, just straight looking at nothingness. You know what I'm saying? Just, just mind gone. And, and, and like in the amount of time that we give to it, it's absolutely crazy, right? So I just wanted to be honest with that. I just wanted to confess that. You know what I'm saying? But as we had this conversation Man, when God's leaning on your heart, man, there's something we are giving our time to. There's something we are giving our time to. And, 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 so, and so he's calling us to do something different, right? But this scripture says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. So let me tell you what I came up on this text, right? I don't know who wrote it, so I can't even give him props. But, but they were just giving a commentary about this particular scripture. And they wrote this about scoffers, right? It says this. It says the word translated scoffer in English can mean one who mocks, ridicules, or scorns the belief of another. Kind of like what I did to money. Anyway, um, anyway, so in, he- in Hebrews, the word translated scoffer or mocker can also mean ambassador. So a scoffer is the one who not only disagrees with an idea, but he also considers himself an ambassador for the opposing idea. He cannot rest until he has demonstrated the foolishness of any idea, not his own. A scoffer voices his disagreement, ridicules all who stand against him, and actively recruits others to join his side. In the Bible, scoffers are those who choose to disbelieve God in his word, and they say in their hearts there is no God, and make it their ambition to ridicule those who follow God. I wanted to read that to you because what I realized, like a lot of the stuff I was scrolling through was like, it was, it, it was actually people who were like anti-God and they were actually scoffers. And like all of the stuff I was listening to you that has been happening since I've been praying about identity and all God, it was scoffing at it. And it was actually stealing some, stealing that. Do you, you get what I'm saying? Like the expense, the costliness of wasting our time in this type of stuff is absolutely crazy. And it just is like hit me in my head. But it's, it, the stuff is scoffing at me. I'm looking at, you know, the, if, if you look at my Instagram, it's probably a rapper like with some money like this. Like, yeah, baby, money, money. Money rules everything around me. You know what I'm saying? Cream, get the money. Wu-Tang. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. You, get, you know what I'm saying? But if you let them tell a story, my goal in life should be 
chasing money, not chasing the cross, right? I was talking to a young lady the other day, and she told me, she said, we were talking, having this conversation about the phone stuff, and she said, you know, she goes, this is what, she goes, the phone is, or social media is messing with my identity. And she said, um, she said, I, I'm, I'm looking at all these people, and they're saying, this is what beauty is. And she was like, it, it, it's making me feel like I'm not beautiful. You get where I'm coming from? So like the lies are just like, it's coming in. That's what we trade. When we, when we trade this time with God, we, we, a lot of times we're, we're filling in with something that's not healthy for us, right? So scoffers, people who are trying to, trying to go against the, you know, what God is doing in our lives, what he says about us, the truth, right? They wage war against us, right? And so... Verse 2 says this, it starts off with but, and that but right there, what it means is it's an instead of, right? So, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seats of scoffers, but instead, right, they choose to do this. It says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night, right? This scripture doesn't specifically say prayer. But there's a reason that I use this scripture, right? Because it shows kind of the negative effects and it's going to hit the positive on the back end of what spending time with God does. And, and Matt, last week, he spoke on, um, on, on, on reading and, and reading God's word. And meditation, the word actually, by definition, it kind of sits in between um, um, reading and prayer. So they're kind of a couple in a sense, right? So meditation, so reading the word is us reading the word. Meditation is us taking the time to reflect on the word. And then that meditation goes upward into a conversation with God, right? With our authority or whatever. So that's why I wanted to hit this scripture or whatever. Because you have to read his word and you have to meditate on it. Um, last week we, we hit James 5, um, 13. Oh, hold on, I'm sorry. We didn't hit that. Scratch what I just said, all right? But so let me just say what prayer is by definition. Prayer is communing, sharing one's intimate, intimate thoughts or feelings with someone or something. So for us, it's God, right? So we come before God with, our, with, 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 our, with a, a bevy of things. Like what we can do during prayer is crazy or whatever, right? We can repent. We can find forgiveness. A transformation happens. Um, edification can happen. We can just worship. We can praise him. Um, we can, I've told you all this plenty of times before. Sometimes when I pray, I just pray, I just come and lay before God. Sometimes I don't have anything to say. Sometimes I'm believing the lies of the enemy so much that I don't want to speak because I know I'm not going to say anything that's right. You know what I'm saying? But I still need God, so I just go before him and I lay, and I just feel like I'm laying in his presence, and I'm letting him wash over me the way he does, the way he knows how to put his arms around me and be like, I see you, you know what I'm saying? And, and build me up like that. So prayer has different forms and different ways that it actually works, right? Um, James 5.13 says this, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You getting the point? How crazy will be, are we to not want to spend time in prayer and in, in fellowship with the Lord, right? Um, James 1, 4. Matt said this last week. He says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? 
Don't they, don't they come from your desires that, ba- that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Pray, right? And then it says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. The reason the scripture is significant right here is because it says you don't get because you don't ask. And it says, but when you do ask, you actually ask for stuff that's actually for your pleasures. This is where we find that sandwich between the prayer, right, between reading and prayer. Because reading gives us, we, we know what to pray when we're reading God's word, right? It, 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 it gives us clarity. It aligns our, our heart with God's and the desire of God's heart. So instead of coming in like, yo, God, I need the rims on the benzo. I need them. I got to have them, Lord. You know, the haters out here, they hating on me. And the only thing I can get it, I need some new chrome things on the car, whatever. We got to make it happen. God is not, come on, you get what I'm saying? And it's not that he doesn't care if you have some rims. You might mess around, you might end up in some rims or whatever. But that's not a priority for him right now. There's people out here or whatever, right? The harvest is plenty and there's work to do, right? And so that's not the whole thing right there. But that's why reading is so important and getting our heart aligned with God. And then we go upward in prayer with him and meditate on his word. All right, verse 3 says this right here. It says, well, two says, but instead of, his, excuse me, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law, he meditates day and night. And three says, he is like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and all that he does, he prospers. Like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and all that he does, he prospers. We, we. That's some beautiful stuff, right? So, Angel, was that you clapping, son? All right, calm down. All right, you clap if you want to go for it. Anyway, um, you know, we, we've kind of given this example before. I want you to get a picture of it. So, when it's talking about us being rooted well, it's, it's this idea that life is life. And heat is going to happen. Things are going to happen. Trials are going to happen. Tribulations are going to happen, right? And if you are not playing it well, and, and, and what this is, reference, is referencing back to verse 2, if you're not meditating, right? If you're not spending time with God or you're not coming for the Father, if you're not praying, right? What happens is you wither up. As soon as the heat hits, you don't have awe of God. You don't feel like God is big. You feel like your problems are big. You get where I'm coming from? Like, God didn't say that we're going to be problem free. He's saying, yo, have joy. I've overcome the world. He didn't say the world ain't coming at you. He said, he didn't say, yea, walk around the shadow of death. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Right? So the idea is that when we're in it, we can be rooted well. We can be rooted well, right? And another thing is this right here. When we're rooted as a church, the reason I'm so excited to preach this sermon is, 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 is number one, I just, in my, in, my, in my stomach, I just have the fear and trembling of the time I've been spending with God. And it's not because, oh, man, I'm good and I've been doing it. It's like, I just feel so crazy that God has just been calling me into his presence to spend time with him. And, 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 it, and it makes me almost tremble like, God, I don't want to get too far away. During my day when my mind is drifting towards the wrong thing, it's like I keep running back like, yo, God, please keep me close. Draw me in. I don't, 
I don't want to get too far away. And not for the sake, I'm, Jesus covered our sins. I know I'm righteous and I know I'm clean because of what he did. So it's not even about trying to meet a mark. It's just God is good. I don't want to, I don't want to, who wants to leave something good? You get what I'm saying? So, but this thing about being rooted, what I realize is our church is that when we are praying church, we get rooted deep and unity happens in that, right? Our, 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 our roots start to interlock together, right? And it does a peculiar work. The fruit it produces is crazy to the world. That's what we just talked about with the MLK parade. It was peculiar. People literally were on like, yo, what's, what's going on here? What, what, what's, what's happening? Like, what are you black people and white people doing together? And why are y'all laughing and having a ball? And what's the white dude on the truck rapping? Like, I don't, who, who, what is this? And that's why we had to have the words for him to tell him about Jesus. Like, yo, this is what it is. This is the fruit of it. Our roots are getting, we're getting rooted. It's in the locked in. It's producing fruit, right? A couple months ago, I preached a sermon about build or destroy. And the sermon was basically this right here. It was like, what are you going to do? It's like, it's like um, I don't even remember what the text was, but the, the concept was um, the scripture was talking about like when, when, when conflicts, conflict and things arise, like, where do you go with that? Do you, are you one of the people who, 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 um, who make it bigger than what it is? Are you the ones that, do you start gossiping? Do you start helping the enemy with his attack against the church and what God is doing? Or are you rooted well and you look on how you can actually build versus destroy, right? Well, when it's asking you to do that, it says that you have to esteem others higher than yourself. Where do you think that kind of strength comes from? It comes from being rooted well, right? No, who, nobody is down to get walked over like a carpet. Nobody is, right? But, but when you know your father's already got walked over for you, right, and, and, and came out on top for you, for your sake, it compels you to lay your life down, right? It compels you to, to even the person who may be lording the authority over him, it compels you to maybe even see them as weak and you as stronger and your strong position is to actually have grace and mercy on them, right? And push for reconciliation or, or whatever the case may be, right? But how are we going to do it if we don't stay rooted? How do, we, how do we do that if we can't see God because all we see is scoffers, right? We can't have hope in a situation like that. I think one of the most amazing things I've seen in church, like period, since I've been here, is that over and over and over, there are times that conflicts come up. And in my mind, I'm like, there is no way in the world that this is going to come out good. There's no way in the world. It's too ugly. There's too many pieces involved. Person is hurt too much. It cannot. It just can't happen. Right. And then I'm sitting there and I'm repenting before God because lo and behold, God will come through. We'll, we'll, we'll take the conflict straight to the scriptures and we'll walk out loving each other more than we ever, ever did. Blows my mind. Right. But who has faith in something like that if you're not spending time looking at how big he is? If you know how big he is, you'll think like that about everything. Things get like that small, right? So verse 4 says this right here. It says, the wicked are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. I just want to end with that. A couple months ago, we also hit another scripture. We're inside Isaiah 41, 14. And I just want to leave you with this and encourage you with this. But the scripture said, 
Fear not, you worm Jacob, you men of Israel. I'm the one who helps you, declares the Lord. Your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. Behold, I make of you a threshing sledge, new sharp and having teeth, and you shall thresh the mountains and crush them, and you shall make the hills like chaff. You shall winnow them, and the wind shall carry them away, and the tempest shall scatter them, and you shall rejoice in the Lord. In the Holy One of Israel you shall glory, right? So one of the things I want to point to you is right here. Verse 4 says the wicked are not, are, are not so, but are like the chaff the wind drives away, right? Yo, these issues, these things that steal our time, that, that seem big, yo, they're like chaff in the wind to God, right? And in his scripture, he says, fear not, you worm Jacob. I've told you before, our biggest problem in life, the reason we won't give, to, the reason why I have in my planner a schedule for everything else but time with God, is because I think I got arms, think I got arms. I want to be big and bad. I don't want to be a worm. But God, he says, yo, fear not, you worm. And it's not, it's not an insult. He means that in the most loving way. He's saying, listen, you armless worm. I'm about to come through and wreck anything that comes against you. Who doesn't want to be with a God like that? Because everything else is a lie anyway. You don't have arms. They're not as long as you think. They're not as long as you think. So we have, man, it's crazy. So for us to be a worm, when we pray, when we do that, we're saying to God, God, I don't have arms. I need you to perceive me. I need you to order my steps. I need you to be a light into my path, right? I don't know about you. The other thing is not working for me. Trying to have arms is not working well for me, right? It's not working well for me. I just want to wrap up with this right here, right? In a second, I want, us to, I, I, want to, I want us to pray together, right? I want us to stand up and hold hands and pray. But if you are not a believer, I just have to say this before I go. If you're not a believer, it doesn't, I'm going to just say it like this. If you're not a believer, you can actually say the best prayer you ever said today. The best prayer you'll ever say. You can say it today, right? So the reason we have access to the God we describe, because if you're in here and you don't know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, I would be in here and I'd be like, yo, why am I missing out on that, right? And I remember being in a church and not being a believer and hearing them talk about God. And I'm like... Yo, is that really real? Because if that's real, then that's way better than what I got popping, right? But what I'm saying is, we could come boldly before the Lord because Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We were separated from God, right? We were separated from God, and we were all sentenced to death because of the wages of our sin, right? Whether you feel your sin is small or whether you feel it's big, I guarantee you it's 10 times, million, quadrillion times bigger than you actually imagine. But it, was, it, it just doesn't play before a holy God at all, right? It doesn't play before a holy God. Man, y'all can go ahead and come on up. And so, but we have Jesus, right? God sends his son, Jesus, to come and die on the cross for us. And what he does, he takes all of that ugly, disgusting sin from all of us, and he puts it on his son. And his son takes the penalty for us, right? And in exchange for that, we get his resume because he lived perfect. It wasn't that he just died for our sins. It's that he was an innocent man, the only innocent man that ever walked the earth, right? 
but we get his resume. So we're perfect and we clean in the sight of God, right? That's how he sees us. And now he calls us into his courts. We get to come before him. We get to pray. We get to worship him. And we get to come before his throne. And I'm just saying to you that if you are not a believer, you can say your best prayer ever today. Like you could actually trust and believe and have faith in this Jesus that I'm talking about. You can do it. You can repent of your sins. You can confess them. And God is faithful and just. He'll completely cleanse you of all your sins. Right? He'll cleanse, wipe them clean like that. I know it seems crazy. If you're like me, then you got a whole lot of junk and skeletons in the closet. But Jesus is like, yo, he's not afraid of none of that. It's like Ari, Ari, Ari took it for that. Ari, 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 was, Ari was beat, brutalized for that. So it would be crazy for us not to receive that gift. And so I pray that you hear that today. Um, can we stand really quick? And can, if you have somebody next to you, can you just grab their hand and let's pray real fast? Father, Lord, Lord, we just, uh, God, we praise you. We exalt you, Lord. Father, we thank you that we can come before you, Lord. You're holy. Um, Father, Lord, we make so mistakes. We trip and we stumble so many times. We, 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 we can be so arrogant and so self-confident. We're so foolish, Lord. Like, this, 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 is, this is good news we're talking about today. But I'm going to forget probably in the next hour. And I'm going to lean into my own understanding. I'm going to lean to my own strength. And I just thank you, Lord, that the door is always open, that we can, we can fall before you and pray and we can commune with you anywhere, anywhere, in a plane. We, we, we can pray from a jail cell like we are never prisoners anywhere anymore. Nothing can keep us apart from you. Nothing. So in our worst situation, we are filthy rich in the idea that we can come before you. We are filthy rich in the fact that your son, Jesus, he died for our sins, that you've washed our sins away, that you have, that you have given us an eternal gift, Father Lord, to, and that one day we won't even, we'll be with you face to face and we will see you clearly. But right now, we got access right now, though. We got access right now. Lord, please forgive me. Forgive all of us for neglecting it, Lord. I know it doesn't make us righteous to pray more. My prayer life right now, as much as I'm talking about it, is still pitiful. It's still pitiful. But, Father, Lord, just for letting me even having a taste of drawing near to you, we thank you for that. We thank you that we can come together. There's people in this country right now, our brothers and sisters, that will be murdered and being murdered today for doing what we're doing at this moment. Lord, please let your spirit prick our hearts to never be nonchalant about it. Please help us, Father, Lord. We, we're going to mess up, but I pray your spirit continues to poke us, Lord, and that we feel you calling us. I thank you, Lord, that we don't have to hide from your presence. We don't have to go grab fig leaves. We don't have to. We, we, we are out here, Father Lord. We are, we are wretched, but we've been made clean through you, so we get to come on in, even on our worst day. Even two seconds after we just committed a disgusting sin before you, we can still come before you and receive grace and mercy. Lord, let us not abuse it. Let us not be light and nonchalant about what that is, Father Lord. 
I pray, Father, for anybody in here that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, Father Lord. I pray, Father Lord, that the Holy Spirit, you're moving in this room. Your word says you go where you want to and you do what you want to do. Father, we preach and we lift you up and we worship today to bring you glory, Father Lord. But I pray that your spirit would be moving and working and touching people's hearts and doing what only you can do, Father Lord. We're just a worm with no arms, Father Lord, but you're our arms. You're our sharp sword. You're the thing that makes everything in front of us just like chaff in the wind that rises its head up, Lord. So our strength is in you. We honor you and we praise you in that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.